Welcome to another episode of Loan with Jen. Whether you're streaming us on YouTube or podcast, hello and welcome. I have a treat for you today. If you're a seller and you're wondering, should I sell my house now or should I rent it out a year and wait for the values to come up a little bit when the rates come down? That's a big question and it's a highly searched item online. So I have a special guest here today to help me with these details, and he's an expert in this area, Lindell Johnson with Real Property Management Luxury in Houston. That's a mouthful. It's a lot. It's a lot. He is here with me today. I'm in Houston. He's in Houston, so we're in the same sphere and networking, and he knows a lot. So he's got some good data. This is a data-driven. Listen up if you're a seller again wanting to understand if you should rent or buy. He's going to lead you through some questions in order to help you maybe make some answers for yourself so that you know. So welcome, Lindell. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, you're welcome. Welcome to the Loan with Jen podcast, your go-to weekly source for all you need to know about financing your home. Get ready for a no BS, fact-driven journey. I'm Jen Hernandez. I've been a loan officer since 1995 with over 4,600 families financed to date. I love to simplify the most complicated loan questions, making them a breeze to understand. The ideas expressed here are my own opinions and should not be taken as legal advice. Thanks for joining. Let's get started. So the first thing, let's talk about selling versus leasing. Great, great. There are a lot of investors that have many homes or that have a portfolio of homes that they're trying to sell. And then you also have someone that has their own personal home that they love it, they want to sell it, and it's been sitting on the market for such a long time, Mm -hmm. they don't know what to do with it. Do I keep it? Do I sell it? We want to talk about is maybe you can rent it and just wait out, just see if the market changes and just see later on within a year, maybe it's that time to sell. Yeah. It's an option. Yeah, and sometimes people are moving out of the country or going out of state and they're like, I might be back to my city where I live and I might say, right, it's a juggle. Like, do I do it now? Well, you've got some data for us. Are we gonna go through it later? Yes, or are we, gonna go through we, can, it now? we can hit it now. So okay. as of right now, interest rates are what, 7.3? Around um, right there, now, yeah, mid-7s, yeah. Freddie Mac is a lot of homeowners or home buyers, I should say, see that and they're afraid because they got used to 2021. Oh, yeah, don't even have... talk to me. 2.75. <laughs> right, so yeah. they keep thinking of that. Yeah. So when that happens, when you're selling your home, a lot of times the buyer isn't wanting to go and purchase. Right. They're afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I can wait it out. But mm-hmm. the problem with that is we may never see that 2%. Yeah. You know, if you go to Freddie Mac's website, they have a, an actual listing of what the mortgage rates were. And it back in, I could say, in 1981, do you know what that was, the mortgage rate was? Oh, my God. Let me guess. 17? 19. Oh, my gosh. 19%. Wow. And that was 1980? 1981. Wow. 1981. So what that says is we at 7%. We may have to get used to that. But for these home buyers that are really looking for that change, maybe it is a time to purchase right now. Mm-hmm. But instead of waiting, a homeowner may say, you know what, let's just rent it out. Yeah. Let's just wait till next year, see what the market looks like, and rent it. So does the data that you are seeing say that values, once rates come down, will start to rise again? They've kind of plateaued in some markets, and some pockets are better than others but 
I see things plateauing. I don't see deep dives or anything. I, I think we're plateauing, but that doesn't mean we're decreasing. That's correct. Yeah. Correct. You're not going to get that 2021 value. value. You're mm-hmm. not going to get that. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like training the buyer to what the market looks like right now. And mm-hmm. that may be just a commonplace. So for the owner right now, for that investor, it could be a great opportunity just to say, you know, to your agent, we haven't sold it. The house has been on the market for several months. We're not moving. Maybe it's a time that we can put a renter in the home, wait for a 12-month lease, Mm -hmm. and then put it back on the market. So when people are thinking of doing that, so basically right now we're at the end of 2023 at the time of this recording. Things are plateauing a little bit might be cooling off from these 2021 values. Is any of the data that you're seeing suggesting to you that the values will rise at a more robust amount than they are now once these rates come down? I think that they are. I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, from what I've seen. I have seen the same thing, Mm -hmm. I think, as a buyer. A buyer may just jump on the next opportunity, which is coming soon. Yeah. Let's talk about then the cost involved. So when you're looking at renting the property, because you're Lindell, he manages properties for people. He's in the Houston area. If you're in the Houston area, you should call him to help you manage your property. But he's here today to give us his expertise about what he sees because he helps hundreds of people manage their homes. So what cost is involved for people, whether they use a management company or not, what cost is involved in renting the home that you need to think about? Make sure you know what you're floating. Maintenance, maintenance, maintenance at least have, I would say, $2,000 just put aside just in case of maintenance Mm -hmm. issues. That's the biggest, I would say, hurdle for a lot of homeowners that do decide to rent. Because you put a renter inside the home, you leased it out, and then Mm -hmm. the air condition goes down. Or But maintenance issues that you didn't plan for. Mm -hmm. As long as you have that reserve funds waiting just in case of something like that is to occur, you're fine. Do you think 2000 is enough? I mean, it depends, obviously, on the size of the house. I think but... 2000 is more than enough. When oh, okay. I say 2000 usually people have $500 oh, okay. as a reserve. For example, like what I do is every investor that has a home that I manage, I have them have a $500 reserve. Okay. Any maintenance issues that occur up to $500, you know, we'll run and take care of it. If it's okay. a bigger issue, then it's an emergency. Okay, gotcha. So... What you've got then is, let's say I have a mortgage payment on the house. I've got my mortgage. If you have annual HOA dues, you got to know that once a year, you're going to have to pay your maintenance fees to the association. Now, when people are renting, when you're renting it out, it's normal that the renter, the person who's renting from you will pay the utilities. Is that normal in most cases? Most cases, most cases. The renter is paying for all the utilities. Okay. Utilities, landscape as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most property management companies, they'll actually bring out their own landscaper, but the resident pays for it. Okay. Um, same thing as pool maintenance. The resident um, does resident that. Resident pays for that okay, as well. Okay, that's common. Right. So okay. for an investor or a homeowner, really what you're talking about and paying for is what you just said. The okay. mortgage, HOA fees, but also you're receiving rent from that renter. Okay. Well, but what about, so in a lot of areas, when I've done the math for clients, what if the rent that you can receive will not cover all of those, they won't cover your payment? Is it still a good idea to lease out? Absolutely, because some money is better than no money. 
And what I mean by that is if you were trying to sell and the home was on the market for a long period of time, you were paying, let's say your mortgage is $3,000 yeah. a month. Mm -hmm. You're paying that $3,000 a month. Yeah. But let's say you're, I ran comps or a property management company ran comps and you're actually, the rent is $2,500. you are getting $2,500, mm -hmm. your mortgage is $3,000. Okay, you're coming out of pocket $500 rather than it's interesting you say that because I personally right now we have a rental property and we it's not rented I'm on my fourth month of a payment it's twenty three hundred dollars a month and the rents in the area are 20 really they used to be 2600 and this is actually where you see people come down because there's actually a lot of rentals in this neighborhood that are on the market so we're competing with other rentals I'm telling my husband I'm like Fernando just Put it at 2300 so that people will look at it before the others. And that's where you see prices come right. down because I'm like, I got to rent this 2300 for me and taking a little bit of a hit a month of a few hundred is better than taking a hit of 2300 Absolutely. So that's what we're, in fact, this is reminding me, I'm going to ask him today, like, hey, what's going on with the property? That is something important to consider. But also I will say that I believe wholeheartedly. I've been doing this now for 28 years. I have seen firsthand the value of appreciation. Right. And that's something that even if you're break even on the payment or losing a couple hundred dollars a month, I think that if you, as long as you can afford it, if you can't afford it, then you definitely should sell. Right. Definitely. And right. cut your losses. Right. But if your house isn't selling, you really possibly would lease. That's what you're saying is if it's on the market and it's not selling, leasing is the option. But Correct. you've got to make it an attractive, if there's a bunch of competition on leasing in your area, what we're saying is you've got to make it an attractive price so that they'll rent yours instead of the competition. Well, you've got to keep an eye on that too. So every week, what I recommend, so even if you're going with a property management company or if you're doing it yourself, you need to look at how many people are, are viewing your property, mm -hmm. um, how many visits or showings are you having. Okay. Because that's a telltale sign of your pricing. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting any traffic, it's your pricing. So on the every, sale. On the sale. Or the rent. All the rent, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you ran your comps on your rental and you're not getting enough, that's a sign that it's time to drip down a little bit mm -hmm. of, of that price. I touched upon it, but let's talk about the benefits of appreciation so that the listeners or watchers can understand. So appreciation is the increase in value over time. Now, it, there, it's not a constant number. There's seasons where your property will increase in value a lot more. But let's say you buy the house for 300000 your house is going to appreciate over time. When you look at a graph over time, it's definitely an upward trend. There's seasons where, like we saw in 21 and 22, that the appreciation was like 10, 20% in our market in Texas and others, it might've been more, but you know, that's abnormal. Average in, in Houston, in our market area, the average is three to 4% a year. So that's when I'm doing numbers for people, I say, look, we're gonna erase that rapid appreciation a few years ago that was crazy because it's not normal. But we're actually in a normal market right now things taking a few months to sell. We're all used to like one week from 2021. So appreciation is that increase in value. Now rent is you renting a property for yourself that's not doing that for you. But the appreciation of the property over time, if that's gonna outweigh, that's part of the calculation, right? Absolutely. To where if that increase of three to 4%, or if you're in, listening to this and you're in a market area where the average appreciation in your area, not in COVID times, but other times is 15%, well then that's your answer. You know, So take the average appreciation 
in years that was not the abnormal, which was 2021, really 2020 and 2021. Those were the abnormal years. You have to take that out of the average. And I would use that on your forecasting and I would say, okay, so I'm losing $200 a month on my payment because the rent is $200 less than my mortgage payment. So that's $2,400 a year. But based on the appreciation calculation, my house is going to increase 4% a year. So on a $300,000 house, that's $12,000. Absolutely. So $12,000 increase on your value, potentially, obviously we're forecasting, versus a $2,400 haircut, that's pretty simple. We're like at a $9,500 swing. Like it's a no brainer for me. Right. But the question will remain, if you're a seller listening to this and you're like, okay, so I'm a few hundred dollars short a week, plus you have to think maintenance on top of that. So you do need to add that into the equation, the 2000 that you talked about. Right. Okay, so let's add that to the cost of what you're losing every month because your rent is under your payment. That's what we're talking about here. If that number is still less than appreciation potential, I would do it as long as you can withstand a few hundred dollars a month in potential money out of pocket, if that makes sense. So did I get that right? A hundred percent spot on. And really part of that too is having really the right renter to make sure that takes place. Yeah. Right. So you want to make sure that if you're doing it at home by yourself and you're finding your own renter. Or if yeah. you have a good property management company, you want to make sure that they do their due diligence and have the best renter possible yes. that helps take care of that property. Yeah, and that's one thing I will bring up, and I'm going to plug property management companies really quick. They make sure everything is done to a T. There's just no emotion in any of it. It's business, and we do this, and we check. I had a client that rented their property, and they did not use a property manager. It was DIY. And the realtor involved actually allowed the credit report to be provided by the other realtor. And it turns out that that other realtor that represented the tenant mocked up and changed the credit report, like copy and paste type stuff. So the credit report that they thought they had wasn't really the credit report. So when the tenant stopped paying, it was like, wait a minute, hang on. And it came out in the wash. It's a longer story. But the point is using a property management company. And I mean, y'all's fee isn't that much. It's a percentage of the rent collected. So you can go from 7% 7% to 10%. Yeah. It depends on the property management yeah, company. Yeah, exactly. And there's probably packages of we'll do this and this and this. Correct. But the point is when we do our personal rental property, we use a rental property management company because they deal with everything. It's just streamlined. I definitely, I didn't know you at the time, so otherwise it would be you. But but definitely consider it and find someone in your market area to help you because it is kind of a pain. It is. It definitely can be, especially you've done the background check, which you think you have. Mm-hmm. But you bad people will find ways to yeah. do what they're not supposed to do. Yeah. So a property management company will go, you know, do the credit report, credit checks. They'll go back and actually look at call the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where you work. They'll call past. Yeah, they'll they'll do landlords. The so checks. It's a huge background check that gives you, as the owner and the investor, that relief. Saying, that you peace know of what? mind. This is they being taken care of. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with that. And on top of the visits. 
mm-hmm. you know, the home visits and the looking inside, doing the, the walks, making sure everything's taken care of. Well, That's I mean, very important. I mean, let's think about it. Let's say on a property, the cost of that percent that you said of the rent is, let's say it's $100 a month because it's easy math. That's $1,200 a year, okay, which is probably about half one month's rent on your property. The headache of having a tenant leave early because it was a fraudulent credit report or they're not paying or something like that. You're going to lose more than that $1,200 a year and just going back and forth messing around with headaches and time out of your pocket to go fix the toilet. And like the property management company handles all that stuff. And so anyway, that's my plug. (laughs) If you're in Houston, call Lindell. If you're not in Houston, call someone in your area. Now let's finish up by talking about the actual rental process. So let's just say someone's not using a management company. What they need to do, let's say someone's going to DIY and they want to rent it. Should they do it on their own renting? Should they use a realtor to do it? Like, tell me your thoughts about it. I really recommend, and I'm not just saying this because I own a property management company. I would recommend using a property management company just because of the things you said earlier. Mm -hmm. Having to deal with renting it. Having to deal with, actually, here's a, a tip. In order to keep renters and to have quality renters stay, what do you think the number one thing that we have as a property management company have to take care of? Ooh, that you have to do on the front end? The thing that we have to really pay attention to. You're talking about ongoing. Yeah, keep the renter there, keep the renter happy. Checking in with them often to see if there's anything broken? Maintenance and communication. Those are key. So you, what do you do? Call them every once in a while and say, hey, no, how you doing? No, but when they call you, you respond. Like quick. You respond quickly mm-hmm. and you show that you care about their issue. Got so you. So if they have a leaky sink, you're there. Okay. No matter what. So if you take care of that piece and why that goes into your question, if you're doing it yourself, you just have to make sure that you know that whenever they call, you need to respond. Okay. That was actually super magical. I want y'all to take, you need to just really let this sink in because now I'm putting the threads together because I hear, of course, sellers that are selling or I hear people talk about exactly that, like the renter and they didn't pay and this and that. Or I hear from when people are coming to me for a mortgage loan, they're like, I need to get away from my landlord as quickly as possible. He won't fix anything. It takes him days to come fix the toilet. You actually bring up something super, super important. So if you're not going to use a property management company and you're going to do it on your own, make sure that you respond quickly to service requests because also another thing is you're going to get to go inside the property and take a peek at how they're, you're going to get to see how they're had the property. Like what we did is my husband would go in every three months to change the air filters he go, oh, hey, it's time to change the air filters and the batteries on the smoke detector. Even though we had the property management company, he said, I want to do that because he wanted to just go in and see and just kind of and just have a little bit of rapport with the guy, yeah. you know, just to do that. But but that's a really good point. So if you're going to be a landlord, you've got to be accessible and you have to respond to requests quickly. So you would need to have repair people at your fingertips. Unless you're handy with plumbing. And I can give you the step-by-step on really what happens. So if I go to your house, you say, Lindell, can you manage my house? Okay. Sure. So I go to your house and I do an inspection. Okay. I'm doing an exterior inspection and then I'm doing an interior inspection. I am actually looking at, are any issues going on? Do we have holes in the wall? Does the carpet need to be changed? But you're telling me these things also. You're saying, you know, you know, Lindell, I believe we can get a renter and it'll be a renter faster if 
maybe I change the cabinets or something like that. Then a property manager that's experienced would be able to tell you and pull you back a little bit and say, you know what, you don't need to spend so much money in order. That just hit me. What you're saying. So if you're thinking of renting your house, don't put a bunch of money in it to make it pristine perfect. Make it livable and functional. Obviously, you don't want it like falling down or super disrepair. But like don't have any deferred maintenance. Make sure everything is working, etc. But, like, don't put in new cabinets. I mean, they're just going to tear them up anyway, right. probably. Right, you don't need to do mm-hmm. that far maintenance, Okay. Right? You don't need to do that. But you gotcha. want a renter to go in and say, you know what, I want this to be my home. You want them to have the pride of being oh, this there. this is my house. Mm-hmm. So once we do that, then we then look for a great tenant. And I think okay. we talked about that earlier. Yeah, um, checking credit, checking, checking credit, their references. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Once that's completed, they do a move-in. Now, here's something else that owners and investors that actually do it themselves, what they forget about is the laws and regulations that change often. Mm. For example, recently they changed if a renter hasn't paid their rent, how much can you charge for a late fee? I would think it's different from state to state, right? It's different or from city to city. State to state. Oh, wow. Okay. It's different. It changes. And then how much can you charge? When can you charge? Oh my God. I'm already having a headache. I'm already having a headache. (laughs) (laughs) This is a lot. Well, this is another reason to get a property manager. Absolutely. Absolutely. But if you're not, you need to make sure that you, I'm sure there's some kind of information online that you can search, but you need to understand because you've got to be, I would think the advice that we're giving is you have to be prepared that if that tenant doesn't pay, what is your course of action? Correct. And so that is the worst thing that can happen. So you're saying to keep the tenant happy, you need to communicate and fix stuff quickly. That's right. Happy person. You're going to have a good rapport with them. They're going to pay because if they don't, they're going to feel just super guilty. Like just, you know, we got to keep paying and don't over improve the property. Just have it enough to where it's clean and clean carpet and all that kind of stuff. Okay. That's super, super important. Yeah. Okay. At the 12th month, going up to the end of that lease, talk about sell or rent. At that point, then you can say, you know what? I think we can put it back on the market. Then you have an opportunity to decide, are we going to renew the lease mm-hmm. or we're going to put it back on the market? Yeah, we get a lot of calls from renters that want to buy houses. They're like, my landlord is kicking me out because they want to sell. But they give usually 60 days notice, usually. And sometimes it'll be great because, and here's another thing. If you treat that tenant really well and the property's in good condition, they're going to feel good about the property. They possibly will buy the house for you. They'll buy it from you. Which is amazing. It is. That's the best of all worlds because then you don't have the realtor commission and you don't have time on the market and worrying about a buyer and backing out and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And your renters probably loves the house. Their kids are in the local school. Mm -hmm. They don't want to have to then get up and move them somewhere else. They've gotten to cuss their friends with their neighbors. They're barbecuing in the backyard. Absolutely. This is a perfect time also to then look at those renters and say, hey, we're considering selling. Mm -hmm. We'll look at you first. Yeah. If you are able to purchase. Yeah. No, that's a good idea. Well, we've gone over like such valuable information. So I hope those of you listening or watching that you're just informed and you feel good about the information. We'd love to hear your comments. Uh, Please comment. Ask me anything we think we left out. We certainly want to answer that. But we went over pros and cons of waiting, appreciation. There's cost of the house. That's obviously a con. But when you weigh it against possible appreciation in your area, it super makes sense to wait for these values to 
probably ease up a little bit in the future. And I, my favorite part of today was connecting the dots between being a good landlord and keeping that buyer happy. That's the biggest thing I gained from you today. That was, that was amazing. I'll put in the link, I'll put Lindell's information in the description. And I'll also put that link to the Freddie Mac information he mentioned about the average rates and stuff like that. So that'll be super interesting. Thank you for listening or watching. We really appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. And Lindell, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Talk talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Loan with Jen podcast. Keep joining me each week to stay up to date on the mortgage industry as I'll dive into relevant topics so your home financing process, whether you're buying or refinancing, is smooth and simple. If you enjoyed today, please click follow and that way you'll never miss an episode. To find us on social media, just go to Loan with Jen on any of the social media handles, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in this week for Real Facts, No BS. Talk soon.